you want more time, money, freedom, and have a business that's not reliant on you, then you're in the right place. Each week, Mark Creedon, along with some of the very best business minds in the world, will take you through simple, practical steps you can take to create the business you always wanted. From his own practical experience, Mark will show you how to work less, make more, and get the business you always wanted, the one that you deserve. Now here's your host, one of Australia's most sought-after business coaches, Mark Creedon. Welcome to the latest edition of the Mastermind for Business podcast. Hey, if you are in a service business or a professional practice and you're selling you know, like, a, like a service or a service-based product and you're constantly getting objections in your sales conversations, congratulations, you are 100% in the right place because in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the three most common objections that I hear people get when they're trying to sell their service or their service-based product. We're going to talk about what those three objections are and we're going to talk about how to overcome them. So congratulations, you're definitely in the right place. Let's get that underway right now. As always, joining me in the studio, Nick is here again. Morning, Nick. Morning, everyone. Just Just over, actually. It's a little bit like that, isn't it? Hey, let's talk about objections, Nick. So we know that uh, I think there's three common objections that people get when they're selling when they're selling a service or a service-based product, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think the first one that people hear the most is it's too expensive. And you know, when you hear that to to it's too expensive objection, it's very easy to start focusing in on on the price. And what I often see people do is if they're selling a service and somebody says, "Oh, it's too expensive," you know, they start then looking at, "Well, how can I, how can I stop it from being too expensive?" So in other words, they're focusing on 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 the price and not on on other areas that we're that we're going to talk about, or they start to think about how they can discount. Right? Okay. Well, look, you know, I, what if I was to give you ten percent off, or what if I was to give you, you know, twenty percent off, or whatever it might be, or what if I was going to do it, you know, a two for deal, or, or whatever it might be. I think the thing you've got to realize when somebody says it's too expensive, and you would have struck this in in the video in the video work that you do as well, providing that you would have given people like, yeah, and this is the price of the video squad, or this is the price of of us directing video content for you, mm-hmm. where they go, it's too expensive. Um, I think that what you have to understand is the concept that it's too expensive is really it's it's like an iceberg, right? That's the tip of the iceberg. That's the bit that's sitting out of the water. So that's what they're saying. What you've really got to work out is what are they really saying? You know, when they say it's too expensive, what are they really saying? And I think that they're really saying a couple of things. I think the first thing when somebody says it's too expensive, what they're really saying is I'm afraid of losing my money. Yep. Yeah. So if instead of focusing on the price, you start to focus on the fear. And so they're, they're in actual loss aversion. Right, they're looking to to stop themselves lose, losing the money, and I think the way that you move past the loss aversion concept is to focus in on what is the what is the product or service going to do for them. Right. So, in other words, it's about focusing on what's the value. So, if you're talking about 
the video work that you do. And somebody might say to you, oh, that's that's just too expensive, Nick. But but the reality is if instead of talking about price or trying to discount it and what you look at instead is, all right, let's talk about what value this is going to bring. What's the transformation that working with you is going to bring to the client? And if we can assign a value to that transformation, then we start to dissipate the loss aversion. Yeah, I think to be able to achieve that, right, we, we have to listen. Yeah. You have to actually listen to what they're saying because otherwise we would never be able to understand how to attack it, which yeah. angle to go. Because if we haven't actually attentively listened to what their objection is, yep. what they're trying to achieve, then how are we ever going to paint that picture for them? Yeah, that's right. So, And, and the process of listening, of course, is that it's not listening to what's, the, what's above the water on the iceberg. Mm-hmm. It's actually understanding. So when somebody says, oh, I think that's too expensive, what they're really saying is, you know what, I, I probably know that I need this or I wouldn't be having the conversation with you, but I'm just afraid that I'm going to lose my money. And so, you know, I think the way to get around that is, is I think there's twofold. One is to then focus the, the conversation around value and what's the value that, that your product or service is going to deliver. And, and, and then the other thing then, or, or, you know, is the transformation. What's the, what's the transformation that's going to happen? Because at the end of the day, what they're actually buying is not the actual product or service. It's buying the transformation, isn't it? The result. Yeah, the outcome. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a nice segue, Nick, because I think the next thing to look at then is what what are the consequences of not going ahead for this? So in other words, it's a cost of inaction. Yep. Yeah. So we often talk about ROI. We talk about return on investment. But I think we need to look at COI, cost of inaction. And so because when, when people say something is too expensive, we can start talking about oh, you know, yep, it's going to give this, give you that, and you're going to get this return on your investment if you don't, you know, talk the transformation. But if all we do is just focus on the benefits, the value, and the transformation, and we don't focus on the other side of the ledger, which is the cost of inaction, we're probably only painting half the story. Yep. So I think if we can, if somebody says to you, you're running a service business or you've got a product or, or you know, a service or a product or a service-based product, you might get it right eventually. You know, what you've got to say to them, if they say it's too expensive, you've got to understand that what they want to hear from you is not, oh, well, it's cheaper than other people in the marketplace or, oh, well, I can probably do a deal for you. What they want to hear is how can you protect me? How can you take away my loss aversion? How can you protect me from losing my money? And so that's going to be about either showing them a value, a true value, and and getting them clarity on their cost of inaction. Yeah. So essentially showing them, you know, how you can solve their problems. Yeah. And then also what it would be like if they didn't try and solve that problem. Yeah, that's right. I I mean, I guess the other thing you can do, because if you go through, look, this is what happens. This is the value. This is the, the, that will, this is what will happen if you, if you buy this product or service from me. This is what will happen if you don't. Yep. And now they've got a really clear picture and if you really want to seal the deal in terms of things being too expensive, then obviously if you can reverse the risk, then then that is going to be the icing on the cake, right? So somebody says, oh, you know, your product or service is too expensive. You can show them, well, I understand. I mean, one of the things I always say, by the way, is, is uh, you're right. 
it is expensive, uh, but but we can't look at it in terms of dollars. We've got to look at it in terms of these two things. What is the value of you buying this service from me? What's the cost of you not buying this service from me? Yep. Yeah, something that I know Simon Bowen and Michael Yardney talk a lot about is sort of staying on the green line. In other words, heading towards growth as opposed to moving on to the red line, which is decline. And so you can talk about this cost of inaction. If you don't take this action now, where are you going to be in six months' time or 12 months' time or you know, five years' time or whatever the case may be if you haven't bought this product? And then I think the final thing is, is the risk reversal. And, and risk reversal can be something super simple. It can be a guarantee. It can be a, it can be a service-based guarantee. It can be a money-back guarantee. I know some of my colleagues in the coaching industry, they work on a guarantee that is something like, hey, listen, you know, you, you work with us for 12 months and at the end of the 12 months, if you haven't achieved what we've said we would achieve and you've done everything that, that you have to do, we'll work with you for free until we do. Now, if somebody's thinking, hey, it's expensive, but, but you've moved them past the, the value and they can see the cost of not doing it, well, if you really want to seal that deal, if you really want to close that sale and you gave them you know, a, a risk reversal guarantee of, well, I'll work with you for free until you achieve a certain outcome, well, probably becomes a bit of a no-brainer, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So like a, a results-based, yeah. which, which is what a lot of people's objections are going to be able to be overcome by providing results, right? Yeah. The promise I, of providing results. Exactly. And, and, and you know, a, you know, a money-back guarantee or I'll work with you till free, I remember working with a marketing company once and they said to me, we'll get this outcome for you. And if we don't, not only will we give you your money back, but we'll pay you the same amount again. So in other words, double your money back, right? You pay us two grand. If we don't achieve that for you in the next, in the next six months, and we'll pay you four grand back or you know, whatever the figures and whatever the time frame was. So the objection around it being too expensive is really – the tip of the iceberg. It's not what's really going on for them. What's going on for them is they're not seeing the value. They're not understanding the cost of not doing it. Sounds like a double negative. And, and then finally, you haven't given them some kind of reversal of the risk where the risk is now on you rather than on them. And, and that'll, that will seal the deal for them. I think, I think that the second, so number one, most common objection we hear is it's too expensive or, you know, I can't afford it. I know, Nick, when I was doing a lot of team training, you know, sometimes I'd have, uh, we'd put together a, a quote for somebody to do, you know, a team retreat, for example, a team building retreat. And I know, you know, on a number of occasions, somebody would say to me, oh, but, you know, Mark, what if I spend all this money on my team and some of them leave? And my answer to that was always, what if you don't and they stay? Mm. Yeah. So again, this is the, this is the cost of, of inaction at play here. I know this is a lot of money for you to spend, but what if you don't spend it and, and you don't progress your team and you don't upskill your team and you, know, you don't get the benefit out of it? So number one is, it, is it's too expensive and you can see that that's not, in most cases, actually about money. I think the second most common objection is it won't work or it won't work for me. Nah, look, that it, – it's <laughs> – you know, it's funny, Nick, when we're talking to when we're talking to prospective clients coming into our mastermind business accelerator program, I'll often talk to clients and they say, Oh, you don't understand, Mark. My industry is really different. Yeah. 
and and you have to find a polite way of explaining to them that their industry is is as unique as every other industry yep. is unique. And the reality is, and you know this from the work that you've done with us in Mastermind and, in, and through your own video work, that the issues that people face in in business don't really vary that much. No, not at all. The only thing that happens, the only variation is on size when the, when the, when the issues just get bigger mm. or more common. You know, I mean, if staff are an issue and you've got three staff, it, you know, it, it's an issue. But if you've got 300 staff, well, it's a, you know, it's an issue that's 100 times bigger. So people will come along and, and I think the second most common objection is that it won't work or it won't work for them. And, and the, the, I think the way around that is simply through proof. Yeah, showing evidence. Yeah, and it's kind of social proof, right? Yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you were talking to somebody and you said, look, you know, we need to shoot these videos because this is going to, this is going to generate interest in, in your product or service, mm. and they go, oh, actually, we had this, Nick. We had this. We had a client who was in medical services, and they said, oh, no, we won't use videos because that doesn't work for our industry. Yeah. Yeah, and then all we needed to do was go, well, hang on a second. Let us show you. How you can. Yeah, and let, oh, let us yeah, and let us show you these three or four other people in in you your have, industry yeah. that actually have, and and it's an interesting thing because I think sometimes it's about going out and looking, looking at competitors that are doing better than you. I think sometimes when people look at competitors that are doing better than you, they kind of dismiss it because they sort of go, oh well, they were lucky, or you know their parents had money, yes. or they just got a lucky break. But the reality is, you know, you make your own luck. Not about a lucky break. It's about it's about the action that you take in order to get there. So when when people say it won't work for me, I think you actually have to um, give them some social proof. Well, I understand that you say that, but let me show you this example of this client where it did work. Right, this person in your industry where it, where it where it actually did work. Do you think sometimes when people are saying, you know, I don't think it'll work for me, is that them sort of saying I don't trust you enough? Yeah, I mean, certainly if if you're moving too quickly, it's a very good point. If you're moving too quickly in the sales process, and we're going to revisit the six-step sales process in a second because I think it's really relevant here, but it, it's a very good point. If you're moving too quickly and you don't have those processes in the right order, then yeah, you're trying to close a deal well before it should be closed. Yeah, and, and then you haven't built that rapport or built that trust with them enough for them to be able to accept that. that that's right. So, so you haven't shown them the value. It's interesting, mate. I've often spoken to to clients and say, oh, "I tried to close this. I tried to close this sale, and and it was clear that they that they were making objections around around trust or the, the the worth of it as I was trying to as I was trying to close the deal." And the answer is, well, if if they're making objections at that late stage, you haven't spent time developing the value it's not of ready it. Ready to be closed yet? Right? No, it's not ready. Right, you're prematurely closing it. Yeah. And and so it's it's a matter of making sure that you're building that rapport, showing the value, showing the cost of inaction, and building the trust. You're one hundred percent correct. And and I guess the other thing that the point that you're making too is if they're saying oh, I don't think this will work for me, that's because again you haven't shown enough value, and you haven't on how it will, right? Yeah, that's right. You haven't given enough social proof. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the third biggest objection. Is it's not really an objection. It's almost like a it's almost like a a way of just you know brushing you off. And that is, oh look, I think it can wait. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They you, need time to think. Yeah. So you've heard that. I'm sure everyone in sales yeah. has. I've heard that. Oh look, just let me think about it. 
I'm, I'm going to share it with you a couple of ways that I get around that. One of these ways I learned from Dan Locke. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a follower of, of Dan Locke and, and the stuff that he does. I, I love some of Dan Locke's approach. But I, I think when you're talking about, about it can wait, again, Simon Bowen uses this great model called you know, the three or four futures. And, and essentially what he does is he shows that in order to stay on the green line or in order to stay in, in growth as opposed to decline, the gap between the growth and, and the decline line is never going to be, because they are, they're like a, um, like a J-curve and an inverted J-curve, it, it, the gap between the two is never going to be as narrow as it is today. So as time goes on, the gap between growth and decline is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, you know, I often draw that that diagram, those two in, inverted J or those two J curves, one normal, one inverted, to show that as people go over time, the gap's going to be bigger. So what's going to happen if you, is that they say it can wait. And I've had this when I've been talking to people about joining Mastermind. They go, oh, look, look, I'll, I'll just wait for six months. Okay. No issue. Absolutely not a problem. Here's what's going to happen, though. I guarantee it. In fact, I guarantee it so much, I'm, I'm prepared to bet you on it. I guarantee it that we'll chat in six months' time. You will be in exactly the same position as you are now. You actually will not have advanced because if you could have, you would have. Yep. Right? And, and it's the old, you know, you didn't come this far to only come this far. But if you could have advanced, if you go, oh, look, I'll give it a shot and see what I can do for myself in the next six months, well, you know, un unless you're a brand new startup, you've already had six months and you haven't achieved it. It's not going to happen magically, right? Right. So same people come to you and they go, oh, look, I might just shoot my own videos for six months. Well, guess what? How's that, you know, the old Dr. Phil, how's that been working for you? Yeah. 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 So if people sort of say it can wait, you've actually got to show them again the value of what you're doing and it taps back into that cost of inaction. Absolutely, you can wait. I don't mind. You can wait as long as you like. But there is a cost associated with waiting. Yep. Right? You know, there's that old saying, when's the best time to, real to buy real estate? Well, it was actually like, you know, two yesterday. years ago, yesterday. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? But, but the second best time is today. Yeah. It's definitely not tomorrow or in six months' time. So if you're getting the objection of it can wait, I think you've done a number of things. One, you haven't pre-framed it, and I'll talk about that in a second. Two, you haven't shown enough value. But three, you haven't spoken to them about the cost of inaction, and you haven't explained to them that as time goes on, things don't actually get better and easier if you're not taking the action you need to take. And I, and also, you know, I think something that I used to use in sales was, you know, the the limited availability, yep. playing into that that FOMO yep. that everyone has, right? Yep. And yep. especially when it's something that you know that they want, the desire is there. Yeah. But maybe it's multiple things that are holding them back that want them to wait, whether it be finances, whether it be the value, whatever it is. Yep. But playing on that FOMO, so, you know, showing them that there's limited availability or, yep. you know, that it's, it's only available for a limited time, it's right. time-sensitive sort of thing. Yep. You know, so these are things that we can use. Creating scarcity. Yeah. yeah? And yeah. you can create scarcity in two ways, and you've just hit on both of them now. So you can create scarcity by saying there's only 10 of these things. You know, your video squad, Nick. Hey, yeah. you want to join the video squad? It, and, and, but this is true. You limit it to five people. Yeah. Right? So, so if somebody wants to join video squad, there are only five places. Don't want to miss out, right? Right, 100%. But the other thing is the next video squad starts in two weeks' time. Yep. After that, you'll have to wait three months before you join the next one. Yes. So now we're creating scarcity in terms of time as opposed to quantity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
tool. The, the, the other thing I think I spoke about pre-framing. So let's talk yeah. about about when somebody says, oh, you know, it can wait. Here's how I deal with this and this is what I learned from Dan Locke. Um, when I'm about to have a sales conversation, I, I build rapport initially. I set an agenda. So the third step I take is I say to the prospect, Nick, at the end of this conversation, I'm going to ask you to make a decision. And Nick, the decision is going to be yes or no. By the way, it's not let me think about it because you and I both know that let me know, let me think about it just means no. And you know what? I've got metaphorically, I've got broad enough shoulders that I'm, I, I can handle you saying no. So at the end of this conversation, you're going to give me a yes or you're going to give me a no. Are we, are we okay with that? And, 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 you know, to a person, they've always said to me, oh, yeah, okay, that sure. sounds like a fair deal, yep. right? Yeah, so pre-framing that gets rid of that, that kind of that third objection about let me wait. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that solves a lot of your problems because there's nothing more soul-crushing than going through a huge pitch, <laughs> you know, rambling on for half an hour to an hour and then all of a sudden they say, oh, you know what, I'm just going to think about it. Well, let me think about it, yeah. yeah. So Dan talks about a couple of things. The other thing you can do there is go, that's great, Nick, I'm glad you're going to think about it. Can I ask you, um, what do you need to think about? Tell yeah. me what it is specifically. And putting so back you, on them. Yeah, putting it back on them. And then you can you can move back into getting rid of the objection stages again. So I need to think whether I can afford it. Now we go back to it's too expensive. That's the iceberg. Let's think about what's the transformation, what's the cost of an action. Oh, you know, I, I'm just not sure that's going to work for me. Let me show you some social proof. I just don't know if now's the right time. Let me show you either why it is the right time because of the fact that, you know, it's not going to get any easier than it is today or because there's we've created this scarcity concept yep. where there's only a limited number or, you know, a set a set time frame around it. Yep. But I think this, I, I believe that they're probably the three most common objections that we see when somebody's selling a service or a service-based product. And, and if you can work off each of those, you will probably increase your conversion rate quite dramatically. I just want to remind our listeners of the six magic steps that we teach all of our mastermind members about sales. Because you made a good point before when you said, if if you're closing too early, they haven't you haven't shown them value yeah. or trust. Yeah. yeah, and I think the way you do that is is to close in a certain order. And that's about, it's, it goes like this, right? The six-step process is pretty simple. We've spoken about it before on the podcast, but I think it's really worthwhile listen, listing again. Um, what is the problem? You repeat back to them the problem they have. If you are able to articulate the problem better than they can, they will subconsciously ascribe to you the ability to solve it for them, right? So number one is the problem. Number two is prescription. Oh, okay, so let me get this right. I see this is the problem you've got. So what you really need is yes. this prescription. Yeah. Guess what? So problems promise. We've got this thing and this is what it's designed to do. And that's when you can even throw in, you know, risk reversal guarantees. And the good part about it is it comes with a guarantee, you know, we'll work with you for free or we'll give you twice your money back or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So problem, prescription, promise. Then you can talk, work through the model, how it all works, the logistics, and finally the price. If you've got that in the right order, you should have been able to move through those objections before you actually get to the price. You will have built trust, you will have shown value, and you'll have them ready to buy and your conversion rates will increase dramatically. I think just one last thing as well. I think 
the great thing about an objection or, or having an objection from a potential client or from a current client is that it's actually an opportunity. Yeah. It's a real opportunity to actually get to know them better. Yeah. You can now deal with them in a completely different way than what you were previously. Right. right? You can now go from, from this and know how they work, know their pain points. You can now work with them to achieve their goals that they want to achieve. So it's, it's actually an yeah. opportunity to understand them more, understand why they're contacting you in the first place. Because in some ways when they object, they're kind of letting their guard down, aren't they? 100%. Yeah. They're like the guard's saying, oh, Nick, you know, it sounds like Being a great vulnerable. product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mark, this sounds fantastic, but I'm just I'm a bit worried about this. Yeah. So they've kind of opened the door. It's a really good point. Great point to wrap things up with. These guys, these are the sort of things that we teach our mastermind clients all the time as we help them to grow a business that's a lot less reliant on them. Imagine if you are in your in your business right now and you are doing all of this selling, and we could help to show you how you can teach somebody else in your business to follow this process, to deal with objections. I mean, you know, Nick, we often hear this, oh, I can only, you know, only I can sell my product or service. Nobody can sell it better than I can. Mm. Interesting, I was uh, reading a, an article from a coach recently and he, he said that was the process he went through. Oh, nobody can sell my coaching business, you know, services better than I can. He put on a, a, a really good qualified salesperson and their conversion rate was double what his was. <laughs> So, but if you're in that position now, and imagine if you could have a way of teaching all of these things to somebody else so that it didn't fall to you anymore and you're buying back a whole heap of time. It's exactly what we do in our Mastermind Business Accelerator program. If you'd like to know more about that, metropolemastermind.com.au. Nick, thanks for this. Always a good chat, man. Thank you. Guys, we'll see you in the next episode of the Mastermind for Business podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Mastermind for Business podcast. If you're ready to have a business that you're not a slave to, check out metropolemastermind.com.au or have a chat with Mark and the team at all the W's, see what's possible dot today.